G'day listeners. Uh, welcome to Conversations in Code. I'm Mike. I'm Campbell. In this week's episode, uh, we get into the topic of uh, ergonomic and split keyboards. Uh, we go over uh, things like you know the pros and cons of using um, an unconventional uh, keyboard layout like an ergonomical split keyboard. We look at you know some of the potential speed or um, practicality improvements that they might offer and we sort of discuss you know some of the advantages you can get out of keyboards not just uh, split keyboards but keyboards in general that have programmable layouts um, and some of the difficulties around that but also like I say some of the benefits as well so hopefully uh, you'll enjoy the episode and we'll get into it Uh, what what have you been up to lately? Oh well, we've had a week of bug fixing. What else? Um, oh, I did uh, did my tax. Um, Exciting stuff. I, I know. Well, it's worth mentioning because. Um, well, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the episode? Was it three? Uh, three, yeah. Yeah, we had talked about doing um, plain text accounting, and so yeah. this How was. How did you find that experience? Yeah, well, this was my like sort of trial run of actually all the stuff that I've been doing and using it Mm. for something uh, practical. And it went really well. It was so Mm. easy. Hmm, how to say it? It's one of those things you expect it's going to be difficult and then it's like, what was all that about? So, yeah, it just (laughs) took like no time at all. I had all the numbers Mm. I needed and it just was just, uh, yeah. Perfect. Success story. Yes. So, you're very happy with that and... um, Anything else? Uh, my wife did a tax too and used it as well. It was a bit more tricky for her, but look, in the end, it, it was fine. And besides that, um, automating the podcast website. So just... Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, you've we can just a, type one, good. one make command and it pretty much does everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we just had a couple of problems with um, making sort of a couple of human errors and we thought it'd be good to um, to automate that and take the chance of those errors away. And um, yeah, Cam's, you, you spent weekend on it or? Yeah, good part of a weekend on it. Just, uh, yep. yeah, so getting the HTML and putting it in the XML and yeah, generating yep. all that stuff, t- automatically yep. tagging the MP3s and yeah, all that. It's, yeah, so which yeah. Is great. Yeah, the only thing that's manual is just adding the uh, the main page. Yeah, so I think that's all from me. What have you been up to? Um, well, over the last day or two, um, I've been trying to set up a, a new um, smartphone that I got for myself. I um, I did a slight upgrade from my old phone, which was which is fairly old now, and it had a. A, a broken uh, fingerprint reader um, that had been like that for a year or so and I just thought it might be time to um, move to the next model but the next model was something that was released um, last year it was a sort of mid to low range um, mobile as it was but it's been a while since I last upgraded the the phone and you know i there's a lot of things to shift across from one phone to the other and that sort of thing and I've been having a, a few problems um how I'd been sort of managing stuff on my on my smartphone because I, I use uh, SyncThing to synchronize um, a lot of the data I've got on my phone and it basically just wrecked my whole sort of approach with that. So I'm needing to um, sort of rethink how I, I manage all that sort of stuff. So I'm looking at um, probably setting up a, 
a, a new uh, personal VPS and um, setting that up with Nextcloud or something like that, and that should be another way I can sort of do similar sort of stuff to how I used to do it on the phone. But it's all a bunch of extra work that I wasn't anticipating I'd need to do to uh, to translate to this new phone. So that's what I've been doing the, the past couple of days. Wow, that's that's quite a lot. Um, I'm <laughs> glad I don't have that problem. <laughs> well, when when um, my my phone's not working the way I'm used to, um, it makes me realise how dependent I am on it for just quickly being able to, you know, wherever I am, whether I'm in the the shed or out and about, or if I'm not at my desktop, which I'm not always at my desktop, I like um, that smartphone's very useful for you know accessing all the basic stuff like when when you need to rejig all that sort of stuff you and until it's up and running properly you sort of you realize how much you, you miss it when it's not all working the way you expect you know yeah well no i don't know but um <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um i don't use a phone and so when michael starts talking about phones i, I have nothing to contribute yeah other it's, than like it sounds like the operating systems are really inflexible and irritating and um yeah i'm happy i don't have to use one yeah it's it's good for you it's it's good that you're able to spend most of your days chained to a desktop um i, I need to have something that's accessible when i'm mobile sort of thing so yeah yeah, yeah well if, if you have a driver's license i guess that's a problem that you you've run into yeah that's a good point that's probably a big reason why there's not really a pressing need for you to have a smartphone yeah Anyway, so should we get on with the main topic? Yeah, probably a good idea. So our topic for today is ergonomic keyboards and to a lesser extent mechanical keyboards um, and more particularly um, regarding ergonomic keyboards, um, our focus is probably going to be on uh, physically split keyboards. It's something that's been a point of conversation between us for a while and something that we've both investigated together to some extent. And um, yeah, we just thought this might be a good one to, to go with today. So we've both used uh, the Ergodocs and I'm using a Dactyl at the moment, but I, I suspect that our experience wouldn't have been that different if it was one of the other alternatives, Keyboardio or Kinesis Advantage or some of the other yeah. keyboards that are similar um, where your hands are sort of further apart and... Um, they're programmable and things like this. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we should just mention like what we were doing before we used ergonomic keyboards. Um, so for myself, um, getting to the point of uh, using a, a ergonomic or split keyboard, um, I started off, you know, back in the day just using standard rubber dome keyboards that you get from you know, the supermarket, well, you get, from, you get them from the supermarket these days, but back in the day, you had to get them from electronic stores and that sort of thing. Um, but um, I learned to touch type for the first time uh, just a few years back. It was uh, ju- just after I learned to touch type that I got my first mechanical keyboard, um, basically just because I thought um, it might be, like, I, I, I'd never tried one before and I thought it might be a more comfortable um, experience so I thought I'd give it a go I fairly quickly switched to a blank uh, keycap set um, just because I wanted to make sure that I was um, 
you know, following good touch typing habits. And I thought that a blank keycap set would sort of uh, force that on me, which it, it helped to identify a couple of issues with um, my touch typing technique. And so that, that was good. But then um, not long after I'd, um, I'd gotten used to using that blank keycap set, um, that's when I started having a, a few conversations with you, Cam, um, about your experience with the ergo docs and you were pretty excited about um the idea of um you know ergonomical split keyboards and it all sounded pretty interesting to me so yeah it was, wasn't long after trying um yours out for a little bit that i ended up um, buying my own so that, that's how i got there myself yeah so my experience was pretty much the same as yours just um pretty rubbish keyboard didn't really care much about it then um, got a keyboard with blanks, a mechanical keyboard, and um, yeah, just to get better at touch typing, really. Um, yeah, and from that, um, I was curious about uh, sort of a more ergonomic keyboard, and I looked into the different options of ergonomic keyboards that you could get, and um, the Ergodocs seemed good because uh, because of the it had more keys than some of the others. Some of the others have had even fewer. Um, yeah, so maybe we should just mention some of the, our concerns going into it. Um, so yeah. for me, um, I was just worried about not having enough keys, not having enough, or not having F keys easily accessible or numpad and just having a reduced layout, just having to switch layers to, to press F keys on num, uh, the numpad. But in the end, I found it wasn't, it wasn't really that big of a problem because moving your hand to the numpad is approximately as much hassle as holding down a layer key with the other hand and then using the keys right hand in this case in my case is already over so i could just you know one layer for f keys one layer for numpad and it's it's pretty it's pretty okay um if you do have weird combinations of modifier keys it's a little more hassle because you have to press a whole lot of modifier keys and a layer key so that can get a bit (laughs) a bit tricky but it's it's not often that you're doing that so i didn't find it or in practice i don't find it so bad yeah, I I mean, as far as that goes, um, with the setup that I've currently got on the Ergo Docs, um, that my uh, my control and alt modifier keys um, they also do like a momentary layer switch um, that gives me access to my function keys. So there's there's sometimes ways around that issue, but um, you can be sacrificing certain other key combinations doing that sort of thing as well. So it's a bit of a, a trade off. Yeah, I've noticed that with um, when you look at other people's key maps, they do weird things that it's just like I wouldn't be able to do that. Or if I did it, I wouldn't mm. access all the key shortcuts that I need to be able to access. So people go in all sorts of different directions, and maybe we'll mention that a bit more later. Mm. Um, yeah, so looking back, I didn't. I think my main concerns weren't founded or didn't end up being a problem. Um, mm. Yourself, did you find... So things you're worried about ended up being being a problem. Yeah, look, I mean, in terms of um, in terms of concerns around you know losing the the separate number pad and that sort of thing, I it wasn't too much of a worry for me. I was, I was fairly used to using um, some smaller keyboards on you know on a, on a laptop or. Yeah, mostly um, laptop keyboards and that sort of thing that are usually quite reduced anyway that don't have a number pad. And the actual layout of some of those uh, laptop keyboards was fairly similar to, you know, what you're looking at for a um, an Ergo Docs just without the thumb cluster and with the both both um, halves 
you know, mushed together sort of thing. So it was, it wasn't too much of a jump for me. Um, so I, I wasn't too concerned about that. The big issue for me was, um, even when you get a, an Ergodox sort of pre-made with um, everything in, in the one package, it's it's a fairly expensive exercise and I certainly wasn't used to dropping that sort of coin on a keyboard. So that was probably what gave me the most pause. But um, Yeah, I mean, it I mean, wasn't really an issue because I, I lent you my keyboard. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good. It was good to have the opportunity to spend a decent amount of time trying to get used to one before I bought one for myself. That that was definitely advantageous. I'm not sure, you know, like we can't really help the listeners with uh, an arrangement <laughs> like that. But it was it was good for I me. I mean, you could have um, just kept borrowing it. Like I wasn't asking for it back. But I mean, it was nice of you to give it back. And now I've lent it to another friend who's yeah, so yeah, you can so. pay it forward. Yeah, That's yeah. good. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that that was good, and and I think you know I think there are, well, I mean not at the moment, but there have been um, keyboard meetups and stuff like that around the traps where people you know get to try things out briefly, but um, nothing like you know what I had with yeah. when I borrowed it from you because I, I was able to spend a few weeks. Yeah, with I think it, you so. do need about three weeks at least with it to know whether you'd use yeah. it, want to use it or not. Um, and yeah, I suppose so. that was my biggest concern going in was just. Wasn't the the money so much? It was just the time to to mm. have to figure out whether you know, like, how many weeks do you spend with a piece of hardware before you're figuring out, like, hey, I'm wasting my time with this, mm. you know? Yeah, and that wasn't so much of a worry for me because, um, I mean, to to begin with, at least, I was just going to be uh, using you know the um the split keyboard at home um I, ha- I have another keyboard that i use at my work machine um in the office and um so there there wasn't going to be any impact on you know my efficiency or the learning curve um as far as just doing my day-to-day work but um yeah i mean i yeah it's it's been a bit of a, a learning curve sort of getting used to uh, the split keyboard and, and because I'm you know we we're sort of um, before recording we we're sort of you and I were talking over um, some of the troubles I've had with um, you know figuring out what what layout works best for me and I still I still don't have that dialed in and I feel like it's going to be some time before that's the case but um, Cam, I think your thought was that um, that issue probably um, stems from the fact that I'm not using the split keyboard consistently enough for all of my all of my typing, both work and at home and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just if you're using it all the time, you can't be umming and ahhing too much. You just pick a layout that works yeah, well for yeah. you and then you run with it. Well, that's what I found anyway. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. you do some tweaks along the way, but it's pretty much in muscle memory. Um, yeah, and that's, most of the time. Yeah, and that's I think that's probably been the biggest difficulty for me. Um, it's it, it remains it remains a difficulty, and I mean it doesn't mean that I want to go back to you know having a conventional keyboard um, and something that's not programmable. But um, it's a good point you make about using it as consistently as possible. So I think I probably need to look at changing my habits a little bit as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean I should mention. Um, when I started using it, I couldn't use it for work. Um, I had to mm. keep using my, my regular keyboard. Um, I, I think every night I did like 
five, ten minutes of touch typing on the Ergodocs and on the weekends I would try and use it for doing some personal projects. And after maybe mm. two or three weeks, I was able to then start using it for regular development and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's good. That's a good approach. That's very disciplined and I can see that that would pay pay dividends. Yeah, so maybe we should just mention like why like why bother with the whole thing? Like why did we even do it in the first place? Because I don't know if it's particularly faster. Maybe that's a separate no, topic. No, I wouldn't but, say so. Yeah. Um yeah, like why bother? Yeah, I mean <clears throat> um for for me I mean, we should probably say neither of us have any issues with um, RSI um, or similar injuries. Um, so I, I know that that's um, that's something you know a big driver for a lot of people looking at um, alternative keyboards and, um, and mice and that sort of thing, um, trying to find something that's more ergonomic to um, alleviate the symptoms of those sort of injuries. For, for us, that's not an issue, um, but maybe, I mean, to, to my mind, um, part of the advantage I thought was potentially that, you know, if I moved to using something that was actually more ergonomic, maybe that would help me to, um, you know, minimize the risk of developing a, an injury like that yeah. long, long term. Yeah, that was the same for me. Yeah, I just wanted to avoid getting RSI in the future. Yeah, yeah. So, preventative. Um, and the other reason was just uh, the thumb cluster seemed pretty nice. You know, a regular keyboard, yeah. you don't do any, hardly anything with your thumbs and it's like that's, yeah. you know, that's not so efficient. So it just seemed good to be able to have all these keys close to your thumbs. Um, yeah, t- so, totally agree with you on that. Yeah, it's, so those um, were the main two reasons. Yeah. And something that I didn't know going into it but would have been a good reason that I could tell my past self is uh, programmability. Like just the programmability of the uh, a lot of these um, keyboards is pretty nice, and once you get used to some of the features they have, it's um, you sort of don't want to go back, basically. Yeah, Ergodox keyboards and um, other split keyboards aren't aren't the only keyboard types out, types out there that have that full programmability in terms of being able to um, define um, every. Um, every key function on the keyboard so you, you have that same advantage with um, a number of other mechanical keyboard options but um, but you, you've got yeah you definitely got that with the um, the split keyboards ergonomic keyboards and that's yeah I suppose I just wouldn't have got into it if it wasn't for the split keyboard so moving to a split keyboard meant I had this programmability I didn't have before but yeah that's true I could have used a programmable keyboard mm. that wasn't split yeah, I feel like if if I hadn't been aware of the um, the split keyboards, I probably would have gotten to the point of um, using a conventional mechanical keyboard that was programmable at some point. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely yeah, it's definitely like you say. Yeah, I, I couldn't go back. I I enjoy the freedom, even though, like I was saying before, um, that freedom is a bit of a difficulty for for me at the moment because you know it requires you um call the shots on exactly how how you set the keyboard up um in terms of how you how how you're best able to use it so that's something that i'm still working on but yeah i wouldn't want to go back yeah i'm mostly happy with my key layout so yeah i don't have any concerns about that um and just before uh, i mentioned speed and efficiency and um neither of us really thought that it was faster um i think Mm. it might be worth expanding on that a bit because i don't think it's really slower either 
Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's sort sure. of similar. It's uh, f- to me, it feels a bit like wearing more comfortable shoes. It's like maybe you yeah. can't run faster, but it's like it's just a more comfortable experience using them yeah. <laughs> using the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, because um, b- because they're split, you have the ability to um, angle them and position them however you want, which makes it. Um, you know, it results in a lot less strain on on your hand position and that sort of thing. So it's very much a, a matter of comfort. I mean, that's that's how it's been for me. Yeah. Yeah, and also just that you can pretty much do all your typing without moving your hands away from, you know, from where they are. You can just keep them there and do all your typing. Yeah. You don't have to reach for anything. Yeah, and, and I mean, with the um, the uh, layout programmability, it means that you're able to uh, change all the key functions however it works best to you to make sure that, you know, those key combinations that you use most frequently, um, doing those key combinations results in the, the least contortions possible for your hands and, and that way it's, you know, the most comfortable for you. So as far as that... Um, programmability aspect goes what's the what's the coolest things that you've done with uh, your setup Cam? Um you phrase it as cool um, I, I don't know if I'd call them cool they just they're just <laughs> better than not having them <laughs> um, so things I've done that are handy well one of them is just like I have a layer if I press like both my thumbs down sort of layer one and layer two if I press both my layers down um, I've I've got like a, a full word layer where I just have like letters assigned to phrases or things that I type in a bit. So, you know, both layers in E is for email, both layers in my NN is for name. So so the number of times yeah. you have to type out yeah. your email or your full name or, yeah. you know, it yeah. it's, ends up being fairly often. And just having that there that if I ever want to type my name out or you could add your address under A, whatever, you just, it's just there, you know. Hmm. And talking about uh, potentially using this keyboard at work, um, that would definitely be an advantage for me. Um, just with all, all the emails and all that sort of stuff, yeah, those sort of macros would be. Yeah, very I mean, good. I know there's software that does this kind of thing too. It is kind of nice having it in the keyboard because it doesn't matter where you are; it just it's always yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and even if you're thinking yeah. about like uh, features in an editor, you know, like you might have a key shortcut to do. You know, like a C style comment, you know, slash star, star, slash, left, left, you know, with a bit of space in the middle. You know, maybe you can do that in Emacs mm. or Vim or whatever. But if you've got, if you're editing a diff, it's, you know, a side by side view and the diff software doesn't support all these macros, or if you wanted to type that in the terminal for some reason, it's like nice to have these fancy features available in other applications than the editor. Do you have any like actual code snippets or anything in these? I tried doing that, um, and I just don't use them. The the name and the email and stuff like that are quite handy. Just thinking if there's anything else. Um, There's a few things like you know, uh, what is it? Forward arrow like minus um, angle bracket for a forward arrow in C. You do that a lot, and it Mm. ends up being a few keystrokes because you have to hold hold shift down for one. So I've yeah I've got like a key for just the forward arrow. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just like quality of life yeah. type stuff. Oh, and a few other things um I've got all the symbol keys available without pressing any modifiers, which is quite nice. And um with a, one of the layer keys I can, you know, type one bracket, the matching bracket and then press left. So I can always type any of the brackets, you know, paired up nicely with the cursor in the right place that just works in the terminal. It works 
you know, yeah. it works anyway. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, I've... Yeah, and obviously a lot of code editors have that feature, but it's like you say, it's nice to have that in the keyboard because it's available. Yeah, everywhere. and I also turn that off in all the code editors because it really annoys me when it kicks in and you don't want it to, and then you have to delete the bracket, <laughs> and it's like, come on. So I find it better just to disable the feature, and then I explicitly, you know, tell the keyboard to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that's about it for me and yourself. Yeah. yeah, look, it's not really too much for me. I've like. Like for yourself, I've set up those auto bracket um, keys to to automatically um, wrap, um, you know, whatever I'm typing in brackets or quotes and that sort of thing, which is very helpful. Um, I've got a couple of other little things, but, um, you know, my, my C... Um, co- coding chops aren't too good and you know it's it's pretty basic for me at this stage so um, I think you're you're the one with all the, the cool stuff like I say. Okay I should mention some of the cool stuff that I'm not using. Um, one of them is uh, modifier knocking. I don't know if you've heard of port knocking like as a, as yes. a way of uh, I'm not sure how that relates to modifier keys but yeah. I mean just briefly it's where you try and access ports in a certain order over a network and if the yep. the system has been set up to allow a certain secret number of ports to be hit, it, it can expose something. So um, as you yeah. as modifier keys don't usually do anything, you can make it like if you press shift, control, control, shift, you know, you just press the modifier keys in a right order, hold, fast hold, you know, you could have yeah, yeah. a certain series of modifier keys, you know, type of password or whatever you want in. Although you're not supposed to use yeah, passwords, yeah. that's just an example. But uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do yeah, that. Don't, kids. don't use passwords. But double tap shift quickly could do yeah. something. Or I've I've read about that in the docs. That's they that's what they call tap dance. Yeah, I think so. There was some difference in what I had set up. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it was a sim- similar kind of thing. Yeah, it's a good. It's a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, I just look. I didn't end up using it, and for most of the things that I want to be able to access, I can use like a, a word layer. So, you know, tapping modifier keys is not really necessary. Um, I mm. tried setting up, I won't go into detail, but I tried setting up a 10 finger, so no, an eight finger layout where you would just have different combinations of all fingers and you could use like chords without moving your fingers from yeah. the keys. Is that like, um, like, a, like a, stenor- a stenographer? A little bit though, but stenographers, you still move your fingers to different keys sometimes. Mm. Um, mm. And I found it, Long story short, well, it was only something I tried on the weekend, but um, it, I found that having to press the modifier keys and then release your fingers and press the other keys to be kind of tedious. And even if I just think it didn't flow very well because usually you want to press one key, mm. then another key without having to release mm. the finger first, you know? So that was a mm. little experiment. Yeah. But yeah, you can do these mm. kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I've 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 seen on Git repos and that sort of thing people doing, yeah, stenographer like steno layer type stuff, and um, I haven't tried it at all, but I imagine that sort of thing is most appropriate for if you're you know writing a lot of prose or something similar. It's not really good for coding or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to try a stenography layer. Um, if you haven't, listeners mm. haven't seen them, look up a picture of. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a name for them. Yeah, like the machines that do like the actual court stenography things. Um, they they're called a stenotype. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's um, you can go down a rabbit hole of of configuring and uh, messing about, but I think you mm. don't really have to. You you know you can get it set up the way you want and then just make minor tweaks. Some of these things I messed around with were more fun weekend projects. It wasn't like you know wasn't like weeks of work or anything like that. I was also going to say one of the other uh, cool aspects of uh, physically um, split keyboards in particular is that you know you've got the two halves and you you have the ability to have um, like an actual physical workspace um, between the two halves which is right in front of you when you're at your computer um, I'm not sure if you've you know taken advantage of that um, that ability cam but uh, for myself my my current setup at the computer is I've got the two halves um, spread apart a little bit and in between I've got a, a graph a, like a Wacom graphics pad um, and I do a bit of drawing on the computer and when, when you're drawing it's you really want to have something right in front of you you don't want to have a graphics pad yeah. off to one side where you've got to twist and it's just not yeah and if you yeah, have to get the keyboard and pick about, the keyboard up and move it off to the side and put the tablet there yeah, it's yeah. just a hassle that's right so it's it's perfect for me and then you know being locked down and, and working from home when I'm normally at the office um, I've also have my my work la- laptop set up sitting on top of the the graphics pad while I'm you know using that in the workday so it's that's that's a real advantage for me I'm not sure if it's a similar story for you well, um, I don't use a laptop in between, but yeah, that kind of thing. Um, for me, it's often a coffee or some food. <laughs> you put a nice bowl of food. No, I don't actually eat at my desk that much anymore, um, mm. but I have done. Um, mm. Microphone can be useful um, doing like yeah. video calls or whatever. Um, but yeah, that space yeah. in the middle, it is actually quite nice to have. Yeah, maybe we should just go over some of the other pros and cons. Yeah. One of the things I found early on is like it forces better typing habits because with the diagonal uh, spacing of the of a regular keyboard, it's not always clear which fingers you should be using, and you'll end up. I ended up using my index fingers a lot more than I should. Sorry, I was going to say we should probably mention that uh, the Ergo Docs in particular. I'm, I'm and I'm assuming a lot of split keyboards are similar, but the Ergo Docs in particular has an ortholinear layout, which is where. Um, the the keys are arranged in a exact grid pattern as opposed to a conventional keyboard where the rows of keys are the positions are slightly offset from each other. Um, so that's if you're used to using a conventional keyboard that have that 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 has those offset keys, it it takes. I mean, it took me a little while to get used to the ortholinear layout, but um, not very long, and it's. Um, there are some advantages to it, like yeah, you say. Yeah, yeah, that's same with me. I mean, that's the three weeks that took me to learn to use the Ergo Docs. I think was mostly <laughs> just getting used yeah. to ortholinear. And the thing that I can't quite explain mm. is that going back to a regular keyboard isn't really a problem. I would have imagined there'd be some kind of uh, sort of unlearning the Ergo Docs and having to learn a regular keyboard. But once learning yeah. an ortholinear layout, I don't really find it any trouble to switch back and forth. Um, I, I can only assume yep. that maybe the fingers I'm using up and down are different now to the ones I was using before. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they're, they're maybe just close enough that it's not an issue. Yeah, but it's in a, terms of enough your, of an issue that it was really, really hard beginning. So, and you too, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very difficult to learn, uh, to, like to get used to the ortholinear layout to begin with. But I think 
like in terms of that idea of going back to a conventional keyboard, um, that slight difference in the layout because you've already done it in the past, it's um, it's so close in terms of muscle memory that it's. I think that's the reason that it's not an issue. But yeah, I mean, it's a good point. That was something that I was concerned about, but I never really had to face up to it because I haven't, you know, exclusively used the the ortholinear keyboard. So I've been using both um, for some time, but. Um, it's it's probably not surprising to me um, to hear you say that it's not that much of an issue for you. So yeah, probably should mention I don't think I'm a hundred percent efficient on a regular keyboard as I would have been before, mm. but it's it's close enough, and I don't yeah. I don't use it regularly, and it's not like it's it's not like I'm having to unlearn anything. Put it that way. Um, yep. Yeah, because I was imagining it would be just as much hassle going back in the other direction. I didn't find that happen. That happened at all, and that's uh, yeah, yeah. in keeping with pretty much all the, you know, um, on the on Reddit and stuff. People post about this kind of thing, and a lot of people have said the same thing that going back and forth isn't an issue. Yeah, it just seemed logical to me that it, that it would be an issue going back in the other direction. But for some reason, once you learn one, going back doesn't seem to be a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like which it, is a good thing. Yeah, like it would be if you were going from Dvorak to QWERTY or that kind of thing. Like I was imagining that kind of problem yeah, going in either yeah. direction, switching. Yeah, yeah. One other advantage with uh, ortholinear layouts is I find that it's easier to remember because if you're having to remember a sort of a diagonally spaced keys, it all becomes a bit of a mishmash in your head, whereas remembering a grid mm. layout um, as a... Might have mentioned um, I use like a numpad, uh, numpad layout um, rather than the numbers at the top. But then I can also use F keys in roughly the same layout with each number on the numpad matching the number of the F keys, this kind of thing. So it's, um, yeah, I just find it much easier to, to sort of remember each layer. So the burden of having these multiple layers in your head is not so bad when you think of it as like a, you know, may, maybe nine keys in a grid layout that you have to remember once you switch a layer or 12 it's it's actually not so bad yeah so for anything apart from just the normal qwerty keys um if, if you've got anything different in terms of layers and that sort of thing it's a bit more straightforward with um an ortholinear arrangement yeah mm. so maybe we should mention some yeah. of the cons some of the downsides because we've just mentioned did we mention all the things that yeah, were, yeah. were good worth mentioning yeah yeah i think so yeah yeah i mean for me um i might have mentioned earlier but um you know one of my concerns getting into it was the cost and that's you know that's uh, like i wouldn't i'm I'm happy like i say i'm happy with the keyboard and i'm not raw, raw about it but um but the cost is is a big thing and that's a bit of a con for me um i mean um a part of that comes from, you know, depending on how you go about getting your keyboard, um, depending on where you buy it from, you know, you can get keyboards that come without keycaps or you need to choose, you know, buy the, the key switches separately and that sort of thing. And if you, if you do it that way, which is how I did it. I, I tried a couple of different key switch types um, in the process that they can all get pretty expensive pretty quickly. And and I suppose that's one of the other cons as well is that um, you, you sort of, if you're wanting to avoid um, just trying a, a bunch of stuff out, 
um, directly and, and just paying for all of these different options just to try them out. You need to do a lot of research and try and work out what you think you'll like before you actually buy it, which is pretty tricky as well. I mean, even though I disagree with the cost being such an issue, it, it is an issue if you get something and then you're not sure if you like it and you want to get something else. Yeah, if you if you want to yeah, yeah. try change your key switches or you know use different uh, keycaps or whatever, yeah, that can get a bit expensive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Like in terms of alternative keyboard layouts, like ergonomic or, or split keyboards, there's a few different options, and the the basic arrangement of of the keys on those different designs, you know, varies somewhat. They uh, for, for split keyboards, they're all fairly similar. They have the basic key arrangements on each half, and then there's a bit of a thumb cluster for, you know, extra function keys. But, you know, the, the exact arrangement of the keys and the number of keys, for example, in the thumb cluster varies a bit between keyboard types. And uh, I feel like that's um, a fairly personal dis- decision, and it's difficult to know what you're going to like best personally before it's the same thing. Of um, you know, you don't know best what you what you're going to like before you actually get it and try it out. So, uh, like for example, with the Ergo Docs, um, I, I think that the thumb clusters um, for me have a few too many keys, and that the angle that they're um, arranged at is not, you know exactly optimal for me and how I use the keyboard um, but because of how much I've spent on it I'm not going to be buying another one I'm just going to have to learn to live with it um, and, and that's an issue Issue like either you, you're in a situation where you have to learn to live with it or you have to you know pony up the extra cash to try another type yeah know. yeah which I did do so I used, I used an Ogo Docs <laughs> and then I moved to a Dactyl and uh, yeah, my wife's using my Ogo Docs now so, so no loss there. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's I've, for, for me, it's like diminishing returns. It's like you can move to a split keyboard with you know a nice thumb cluster and stuff, and that's quite a big step up from a regular keyboard. And then maybe you think, oh, well, a menu form, maybe that has a better thumb cluster, or maybe you know you can start seeing how some slight tweaks to the to the layout might be an advantage, but each time you make one of these changes or, you know, each time you try using something different, I think it's a, it's a diminishing return. Well, that was the case for me, at least with the dactyl. It was like, it was better, but only a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. The reason I found the dactyl a little better was uh, the thumb clusters closer and just being concave is kind of nice. Although it wasn't quite as extreme. I imagined you would put your fingers in the dactyl and it would feel like like your hands are inside the keyboard and you could just like everything's really close to your fingers because it's curved and it would just be like mm. really really comfortable i guess it's a little bit like that but it's not it's not a huge difference yeah uh, and just to mention a few other cons i've listed down um just the keycaps are odd sizes so if you want to buy keycaps um i mean not an issue if you buy a pre-made keyboard but if you do want to buy keycaps or you're doing using a kit it can be a bit of a hassle to get all the right keys, you know. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I I've done that, and um, yeah, you, you need to. Yeah. It's it's not as simple as just getting the one. Yeah, set. And sometimes the one you want will be out of stock or something, so you have to buy a different color, and then your keyboard color is is weird, and so it's yeah, 
Like yeah. I just thought I'd get all black keys. I thought, I'll, you know, just be, you know, black keyboard, black keys, you know, let's not go too fancy. And then they didn't have black keys. So I had to get some other color and <sighs> <laughs> I have some black keys, but yeah, not all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just again, mentioning um, what you what you said before, Michael, is that um, the layout can be kind of personal and it takes a little bit of time to figure out what you like. Yeah. And that's kind of a con too, because as you're figuring it out, you know, you're changing things and you're tweaking things. Um, and I really wouldn't recommend using the default layout. Well, why is it the default layout? I then? don't know. It's like someone picked a really bad default layout. And why did they do that? You know, it has fewer keys than a regular keyboard. And on the default layout, there's the same key multiple times on the keyboard. It's like, why waste... <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, maybe it's just a bad layout for you. I, I mean, for oh, me, was, I, I was like immediately detesting it and had to get rid of it. <laughs> for for me, I just um, I spent a little bit of time trying to get used to the default layout and then then started trying to tweak things. But yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, maybe some people use it. Um, yeah, it's worth looking at other people's layouts though. Check other people's layouts yeah, and what definitely. they're doing, and there's like little tricks they do or things they do that you, you might be able to pick up. Um. Mm. Probably the other con is you have these choices, like what switches do you want? And, you know, if you're like me, you don't know what switches you want. You just, you want decent switches that aren't annoying, I guess. And you mm. you sort of have to you have, have to, to research a bit. You have to venture into that world. Yeah, yeah. And then you need to work out what your keyboard endgame is, yeah? Yeah, I guess. I just feel like <laughs> you shouldn't have to, but you do. Um, I feel yeah, like yeah. most things I own I don't have to become like a part of some I don't know I don't have to become a, a fan of ergonomic mice to have an ergonomic mouse you know I don't have to join <laughs> discord rooms and you know to have a nice yeah. monitor I don't have to become interested in the monitor community you don't have to join a cult yeah whereas with the keyboard stuff you kind of do just because when you're making decisions like even just what to buy yeah yeah, I mean the com the community input for some of the, that research and those decisions is is valuable and important. So yeah, just seems like you have to learn a little bit too much technical details just to make a decent decision. Which I don't know, it's it's a bit frustrating. Yeah. So maybe we should just go over some hints for anyone who's considering getting into uh, yeah, a split keyboard. Yeah. I've mentioned it a couple of times, but for, for me, you need to be ready to spend a bit of money. I know that, like you say, that there's, uh, I mean, like this is obvious to people that are in the, the mechanical keyboard game, but um, if you're if you're just using a normal rubber dome uh, keyboard that you get from, you know, the electronics place or from a, you know, a, um, a supermarket or whatever, it's, you, you know, you need to understand that there's a bit of a, you know, a league jump when it comes to pricing. And even if you're getting a, a, like a split keyboard that has everything all included in the package, which, which is cheaper, it's still not what I'd call cheap. So that's something from my perspective. Yeah, I pretty much disagree with that one. I just think, yeah, yeah, you know, dabbling and buying different ones, sure, that can get expensive, but just buying one keyboard, like if you, if you work in the tech industry, I think it's pretty yeah. pretty reasonable and well justified. Yeah, um, yeah. if you work in the tech industry, that's right, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. It, this is just hobby stuff for me, so it was uh, a big factor, but yeah. 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 Um, 
you know, you get the most value out of a, particularly just a, a programmable keyboard if you um, really invest a bit of time in um, developing and building your own key map. Um, and that's, yeah, there's a, a bit of a, a time and effort commitment in that. You're not able to, you know, extract all of the value from a keyboard like this unless you do something like that. So I, I guess that's another yeah, I don't think you need to do that to begin with, though. Like, you can start off yeah. not doing that, and then later on, if you want to use some extra features, move your layout to a, a programmable one. Yeah, sure. So, as I said before, if, you, if you're not fast starting out, which I definitely wasn't, um, yeah, just do a little bit each day, and then um, you try on weekends or just for hobby projects, and then move to it full-time. And by the way, yeah. even when moving to it full-time, I wasn't that good. And I made so many mistakes that I had to move the backspace key up to the top right-hand corner, even though I thought it should be on the thumb cluster, just because I had muscle memory was to keep reaching for the backspace and then to keep pressing some other key. Oh, and it made yeah. me so angry. Same, same, same for me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was pretty frustrating. And now I've moved the backspace to the thumb cluster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if your experience is anything like mine, you sort of go through a few different phases of, you know, descending into more and more custom. Um, arrangements so yeah yeah but i found you can do it gradually and mm. it's not too bad um and the nice yeah. thing with the ergo docs is you've got a few extra keys uh, than some of the more minimal ones so you can kind yeah, of yeah. certain keys you can leave blank or add something you know when you find find something useful to put there um, yeah. which makes it easier to move the key layout around Whereas with some of the really, really minimal keyboard... Uh, you have to think very carefully about... I think, yeah, you wouldn't be able... Yeah. Well, even with the dactyl, I found it a little more tricky because the dactyl yep. has six fewer keys. Yeah. And another hint is just to use a whole word layer. So, you know, have something set up where you can just type in single keys and uh, that types in the whole word. I think that's quite nice. Yeah, like a macro layer. I guess, Yeah. So, yeah. you know, your name or your email or anything like this, yeah. it's it's yeah. just useful. Um, you can just put whole phrases there if yeah. you want. And, um, yeah, I think that's worth doing. Yeah. So before we wrap it up, maybe just mention a few other things about the whole keyboarding scene. A few which, final thoughts, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so one, one thing we um, thought was it seems to be that <clears> – <throat> It's it's a I mean especially if you look at some of the subreddits it seems to be that you know this whole mechanical keyboard thing is very much a, a hobby unto itself. Um, I'm not sure exactly where that comes from, what what the attraction is really, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I find it really strange. It's as if like I needed to buy a microphone and suddenly there's like all these people that show photos of their microphones and <laughs> put, like. I don't know, food next to it and on a nice mahogany table. And it's like, what? Okay. Maybe it's interesting to do that, but I wouldn't have assumed that that's a thing. But it turns I mean, out that this keyboard hobby is a thing and keycaps and changing keycaps and, oh, man. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because <sighs> it's um, there's a definite visual aesthetic to the whole um, obsession with custom keyboards, but... Um, I don't really see how, like, I, I, I'm not sure I understand how it was necessary that that um, visual aesthetic came to be. Like, you know, keyboards back in the day were just, you know, beige 
um, devices that had a bunch of switches that you used under your fingers. So it's interesting. I mean, I guess maybe because a keyboard's sort of front and center in front of your your computer. If if you've got the you know the actual box of your computer under the desk or something, the only you know aesthetic stuff that you see on the desktop are your screens and your keyboard and mouse. Maybe that's that's where the interest yeah. in the, the visuals comes from. They they get into like the the sound of the keys and, <laughs> and the clickiness and the tact. Oh man, there's like pressure graphs. There's yeah, it, it weirds me out. I have to be honest. I, I sort of yeah, yeah it's I just mean, like I, weird I'm, corners of the internet with fetishes or something. I get that feeling like when I look at the keyboard stuff, it's like wow, there's these people who care a whole lot about this stuff. Yeah, it's need a to be little careful bit- about. Um, Broadcasting this episode on the mechanical keyboard subreddit. Yeah, yeah, if we have yeah. those sort of opinions. Yeah. Well, it's not a <laughs> negative thing. It just, I find it a bit odd. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, not, I'm not a million miles away from it myself. I mean, we are doing a, a podcast about keyboards, so you yeah. Know, and and if like, we really didn't they, care about it, we wouldn't say anything, would we? Well, I, like when you and when you mention um, key switches, like as far as that goes, I like I mentioned before, I have um, tried a couple of different key switch types and. Yeah, it makes sense to me that there's um, there's an interest in um, you know the, the mechanical operation of those key switches because I think that there's a definite um, um, comfort factor to different um, switch mechanisms and how that suits you know you know the preferences of different people. Um, like as far as the audible clickiness stuff goes, for me personally, I'm not really interested in something that makes an audible click. I've, you know, my current um, key switches are uh, tactile, but they're silent. So, and I specifically wanted something that was silent. Um, Is that uh, like, just because of your family, though? Your kids don't sleep that well. Well, I mean, it's practical consideration. I mean, my studies the next room over from. Um, from my daughter and yeah I, I don't want to uh, make too much noise when I'm using the computer but um, and those those blue key switches are pretty noisy but but did, I mean did that wake her up? yeah I don't think it'd wake her up but if she if she's trying to get to sleep it might be a bit of an issue but oh that's true but, yeah um, but also just for my personal preferences I mean it's just me but I feel like you know um artificially generated sort of um, click clicking noises for the key switches is a little bit um, it's just a little bit contrived for my taste but that's just a personal thing um, I mean like I I like you know I love the the sort of um, sound that you get from like um, buckling spring uh, key, um, key mechanisms like you have on the old IBM model M keyboards and that sort of thing um, like I I find that sort of key switch sound, you know, aesthetically pleasing, but I I like it because it's um it's not added as as a feature unto itself. It's just a, a byproduct of the actual key mechanism, you know, it just happens to sound cool. Oh, well. I thought all of them are byproducts of the mechanism. No, no, I mean you know, certain. I mean, my understanding is that certain key switches are designed with additional hardware, like uh, like little yes, um, click bars and stuff like that, oh. specifically to produce a, a clicking sound. Okay, I, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Yeah, I, I've read a little bit about it, and um, 
I think it might be like there's people that are into ASMR. It's like some people, <laughs> like uh, yeah, there's a lot of ASMR um, uh, keyboard typing videos. Yeah, yeah, around the you, traps. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to do a review of the keyboard that I, I wanted to get a dactyl. So I wanted to get a review, and all I could find were these, these quiet videos of people just typing. And I was like, man, I want someone to actually tell me what it's like not to like fall asleep to someone typing. Well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah so that's. Yeah, that's I think it, I think maybe they just get a, like a, a it's like bubble wrap or something. You know, they there's this real satisfaction that they get from mm. the right kind of clickiness, and mm. I just don't get that satisfaction, mm. and so I don't understand it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a bit more of a consideration for me than it is for you, but um, yeah, it's it's obviously obviously a spectrum and um, a lot more important to some people than others. So yeah. Yeah. Different nothing, strokes for different folks. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Just I did find it very odd. But it does make it difficult to know what to buy because people are really passionate about certain things. Oh, you have to get this or, oh, you really need to, you know, this is, maybe you'll prefer yeah. that. It's like, well, I don't know what I prefer, but I just want yeah, something yeah. normal that works well that I'm not going to regret. Yeah. <laughs> I just want an yeah. easy decision. It does, yeah, it does make the research a little bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just all the keycap stuff I find pretty strange too people you know getting into different colors and i did i mean the 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 type of ergodox um keyboard that i got um was one that didn't didn't have uh, keycaps with with the kit that um, that i ordered so i had to make that decision for myself and i did go with sa style keycaps which are like the big tall um chunky looking ones which I mean, like, I just wanted to try them out, and it was partly an like a visual aesthetic choice. I just liked the look of them, but I also thought that, you know, the mechanical feel of them might be a bit different to the, you know, the flat um, keycap types. But after using them for a while, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of going back to a more conventional keycap set like you get with a normal sort of Ergo Docs kit. So, oh, yeah, that. I've got a spare set if you. Well, we'll talk after. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so should we get out of here? Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, yeah, so I hope we haven't offended too many people in the uh, mechanical keyboard community <laughs> by being surprised that there is one. <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, as far as that goes, um, we, we do have an interest in it, uh, um, both of us, and um, it's, I think it's just the degree to which some people get into it is just a bit different to us. And like I say, that's totally cool, so... Yeah, go for it. Alrighty, so I think we'll leave it at that. Yep. Thanks for joining us uh, for the conversation today. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes, you can find them at our website, which is conversationsincode.xyz. Uh, for any feedback, suggestions, or other thoughts, you can email us at conversationsincode at gmail.com. Catch you next time. See you later.